This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Tuesday, May 7th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. California passes ban on rodenticides. Trump hiking tariffs during talks. Some progress on disaster aid. Trump ramps up pressure on China. The U.S. will follow through on raising tariffs on $200 billion worth of Chinese goods Friday during negotiations to try to end the trade war with China. That confirmed by U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer. The talks resume this week in Washington. President Donald Trump's threat to raise the tariffs in reaction to China reneging on prior commitments during talks last week in Beijing, Lighthizer said, although he would not go into detail. Senate Finance Chairman Chuck Grassley of Iowa played down the tariff threat, saying presumably the Chinese are on their way over here to negotiate. And as long as the negotiations go on, I don't think anything has changed, as he spoke with AgriPulse last night. Senate passes ban on second-generation rodenticides. The Assembly voted 46 to 13 to pass a bill, AB 1788 yesterday, to extend regulations by the Department of Pesticides to ban the widely used anticoagulant rodenticides across the state. The bill does, however, provide an exemption for agricultural and food processing uses and bans all first-generation rodenticides on state property. Introducing his bill on the floor, Assemblymember Richard Bloom, a Democrat of Santa Monica, said the non-targeted deaths of wildlife have increased following the 2014 regulations. He brought up the death by rat poisoning last week of the well-known mountain lion known as P-47 in the Santa Monica Mountains. Bloom also said more humane ways of controlling rodents are now available. Assemblymember James Gallagher, a Republican of Yuba City, countered that the bill is too broad. He said, if you totally ban this product, you lose a vital tool for fighting communicable diseases. He added that the professionals should be making these decisions, not legislature. On that note, Assembly Joint Resolution 8 on Nutria Eradication also passed. That measure asked Congress to include California in the Nutria Eradication and Control Act of 2003, was widely successful in the Chesapeake Bay reason that, according to Assemblymember Bill Quirk, a Democrat of Hayward. Bill targeting document servitude in agriculture passes. According to a bill by Assemblymember Lorena Gonzalez, a Democrat of San Diego, her region has more than 37,000 victims of labor trafficking, with the most vulnerable being in construction, restaurants, janitorial, and agriculture. During a floor vote, she said employers are using tactics like withholding an immigrant's legal documents to enslave victims. Along with a $10,000 penalty on document servitude, the bill also establishes a worker's bill of rights that employers will now be required to provide to every worker. Opponents include the California Chamber of Commerce and the California Farm Bureau Federation. They argue this will raise costs for compliance and record-keeping and that federal laws already prohibit this and impose much more stringent punishments. On that note, the Assembly also passed a bill requiring employers to provide outdoor workers with respirators for harmful smoke during wildfires. The state will not cover the cost of the respirators. Governors may revision out soon. Now that the taxes are in, the May revision for Governor Newsom's budget will be out soon. 
The governor's office has said it will release the budget revision on May 14th, though some politicals suggest it may come this week. Here's what to watch. The revision may include more funds for dairy digesters. The program was slashed by 75% of the January budget. Department of Food and Agriculture, the CDFA Secretary Karen Ross pointed out at a recent public meeting that was just a proposal and maybe changing. The Legislative Analyst Office found the program was the most cost-effective among the many emissions reduction programs supported by greenhouse gas reduction funds. The equipment upgrade program, known as Farmer, also suffered more than $100 million in cuts in the first budget proposal. Also in the Climate Smart Ag Suite, the Healthy Soils program has had a strong piece of support from the governor. Newsom told reporters last month he would like to see it scaled up and plans a significant enhancement for the program. California Citrus Mutual has been in the talks with the administration over building a dedicated division within the CDFA for the Citrus Pest and Disease Prevention Program, battling Asian citrus psyllid and the young lung being known as citrus greening. Secretary Ross has also advocated in an appropriations committee recently for funding new positions in the program. According to John Myers at the L.A. Times, the upcoming budget negotiations will be an important mile marker for the new administration. The extent to which he acquiesces or pushes back could set the tone for his entire term in office. Saluting food producers, Newsom declares May Small Business Month. Governor Newsom signed a proclamation yesterday honoring California's 3.9 million small businesses, which make up 99% of the state's total. These businesses accelerate economic growth and are especially impactful in rural and less populated areas while providing the foods we eat, the statement said. According to the U.S. Small Business Administration, the industry of agriculture, forestry, and fishing and hunting includes nearly 15,000 small businesses and more than 26,000 employees in California, accounting for about 75% of that sector. Newsom's Ag Liaison awarded Member of the Year by Industry Group. The Almond Alliance of California has selected Bill Lyons for an award during its annual convention. Alliance President Elaine Trevino said Lyons has been a relentless advocate for the industry in forming a political action committee and providing guidance to the Alliance on legislative and regulatory issues. Lyons Family Farm grows almonds, among several other crops and livestock. Lyons has also directed the Modesto Irrigation District, a region where almonds are the top crop. Newsom recently appointed Lyons to the new position of Agriculture Liaison within the Governor's Office. Aid Available for Aspiring Organic Growers the Farm Service Agency is accepting applications for cost-share assistance for farmers and handlers who want to go organic. Applications for fiscal 19 funding are due by October 31st. Producers can visit their local FSA County offices to apply for up to 75% of the cost of organic certification. That FSA Administrator Richard Fordyce. This also gives organic producers an opportunity to learn about other valuable USDA resources like farm loans and conservation assistance that can help them succeed. Trump, Democrats dissing farmers for Puerto Rico. 
ahead of the House debate on disaster aid. President Donald Trump accused congressional Democrats of denying aid to farmers as leverage to get more unwarranted new funding for Puerto Rico. The president on his Twitter feed said, The Dems don't want farmers to get any help. Puerto Rico should be very happy and the Dems should stop blocking much-needed disaster relief. The House this week is taking up an expanded version of a disaster bill that passed the chamber in January. The Rules Committee today will decide what amendments will be considered on the floor. A similar bill is stalled in the Republican-controlled Senate due to the dispute over funding for Puerto Rico. Keep in mind, Senate Appropriations Chairman Richard Shelby has been trying to work out a deal with the committee's top Democrat, Patrick Leahy of Vermont. I think we've made some progress, Shelby told AgriPulse last night, and he did not elaborate. Commerce set to resume Mexican tomato trade inquiry. The Commerce Department is scheduled to reopen its anti-dumping investigation into Mexican tomato imports today, which kicks into place a preliminary duty on the fruit from south of the border. The U.S. investigation has been mostly on hold during various suspension agreements since 1996, the latest of which began in 2013, and that allowed Mexican tomatoes to come in tariff-free, so long as prices did not go under an agreed-upon floor price. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, acting at the behest of U.S. tomato growers, who said Mexican producers were still dumping their product in the U.S. at unfair prices, announced earlier this year that the suspension agreement would end May 7th. The commerce investigations into dumping claims and injury to U.S. producers are expected to take three to four months, according to Michael Shadler of the Florida Tomato Exchange as he spoke with AgriPulse. Mexican tomato growers and exporters are continuing to seek a new suspension agreement. Ag sector appeals for USMCA approval. Some 67 food and agriculture organizations and companies have sent a letter to every congressional office appealing for approval of the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Canada and Mexico account for over $45 billion in U.S. agriculture exports and support more than 1 million American jobs. In order to build upon that success, Congress must pass USMCA, the letter says. The letter cites the recent assessment of the International Trade Commission finding that the deal, quote, would likely have a positive impact on all broad industry sectors within the U.S. economy and a positive impact on the U.S. agriculture sector. Now, keep in mind, it's far from clear when and if the agreement will get a vote in the House that given the stiff resistance from Democrats, including Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who said last week the agreement needs tougher enforcement provisions than it currently has. Trump and Abe talk ag trade ahead of Japan trip. President Trump and Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe spoke over the phone yesterday, and improving agriculture trade was one of the topics the two leaders delved into based on what Trump told reporters after the meeting. Now, Trump flies to Japan later this month in honor of the country's new emperor, but trade is also expected to be on the agenda. Here's today's He Said It. In the marijuana fields that are being cultivated illegally by cartels, they are using these coagulants and other illicit poisons to kill the rodents that happen to like to eat the marijuana plants and get high or whatever they're doing. 
That's Assemblymember Randy Vopel, a Republican of Santee, expressing his support for AB 1788 to ban anticoagulants. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Tuesday, May 7th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.